This is episode 42. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Webster defines Sentinel as a sentry or a guard that stands watch to challenge any attackers. And that's the topic of talk for today's episode. To be more specific, Sentinel Response 18 FSE, full-scale exercise. And boy, was it full-scale. This joint exercise was held last week on March 22nd, led by Cal OES and the California National Guard, and included regional urban search and rescue teams three, four, and seven, Sacramento Fire, the Air Force, FEMA, the DOD, U.S. Department of Energy, and the list goes on. So here's the scenario. Sentinel response began with a simulated large earthquake. The displace ended up being sheltered in many locations, including Sleep Train Arena here in Sacramento. Now the concentration of people became the target of a terrorist group which detonated a dirty bomb inside the arena. It's a scenario really designed to put responders to the ultimate test under demanding and of course, very stressful and realistic conditions. So interagency cooperation is the theme for today's episode, starting right now. So this podcast today comes from what is the shell or what's left of the the old Kings Arena, the Sacramento Kings Arena, which uh, now is called Sleep Train Arena. Back in the day, it was called Arco Arena. Uh, but right now, it is really sort of the, the state and the military's arena, in a way. Today, we're with Sergeant Major Jerry Davis, who is with the California Military Department, uh, actually part of the Joint Plans and Operations Section. Jerry, or Sergeant Major, thank you for being here. No problem, Jerry's fine. Okay, Jerry. <laughs> I'm such a civilian. Um, I was military a long time ago, and I've gotten out of that habit. But anyway, so glad to have you here. Thanks for taking a few minutes to uh, step out of the the planning for uh, Sentinel Response uh, full-scale exercise here in 2018. This is uh, a really big exercise. Uh, Let's talk about what's going on with this particular exercise and why it's so important. Uh, Well... This, this particular exercise actually builds off of a couple of exercises that have happened over the past few years with some of the same civilian partnerships uh, from the Bay Area task forces that, that come together from different agencies to work on behalf of FEMA. Uh, we've worked with Task Force 4, which is based out of Oakland in the past. Uh, this time we have the, the honor of working with Task Force 3, which is also from the Bay Area, and then Task Force 7, which is from the Sacramento area. The, the integration piece um, for the military department is, is beneficial in, in so many ways. Number one, it helps us on the military side to show our capabilities to our civilian counterparts because we do end up, as was seen during the, the Northern California, Southern California fires, and then somewhat with the, the flood response in Santa Barbara in January, we end up working side by side with these same uh, first responders. And so it's always better 
to know who you're who you're dealing with and who you're reporting to and have that relationship already built. It helps to kind of have an understanding too about uh, the processes and the verbiage and so obviously you don't exchange the the business cards on the battlefield that's the old saying but doing that now is a good thing but you're also becoming more familiar with the agencies themselves. That That's true and it's absolutely true with with verbiage uh, that you mentioned because we all have our own dialogues and mm -hmm. our own dictionaries of acronyms that we use and so learning the common language and understanding the the commonality of language uh, to to help save time is really important mm -hmm. and these exercises do help with that uh, they also help with the understanding which you also mentioned that helps our understanding of how we need to respond and it, it enables us to be able to share with new first responders each time we do one of these exercises on what the process is to request us because the process does need to follow all the legal uh, the legal pathways you know up through the counties and and to OES ultimately for an approval of what type of support we'll be able to provide and there are certain things that we do on a regular basis the California military department does a lot of uh, search and rescue support to all the different counties, especially the counties uh, with with mountainous areas, uh, skiing and hiking in the summer, and we have a great relationship between the military department, Cal OES, and Cal Fire for the traditional fire season in California. But we've seen in the past, actually starting just over a year ago, with with the uh, flood concerns or the the dam concerns that we had in Oroville, Oroville yeah, Butte the, County. Right, and that was a that was a brand new thing for most of us, and so you know every time we we do an actual event, a response, we we take our lessons, and you take your lessons, and we all combine those lessons, and then we look at how we can do better the next time. I'm sitting here in the uh, the meetings that we've been having as I'm taking in all of the roles, including my own. This being my first one. I knew these were big exercises, but I had no idea really how much goes into it. How does this compare or contrast with some of the others that you've helped plan and been part of? It's definitely larger scale from the standpoint of more participants. Mm -hmm. So it's making sure that, that all the small pieces, because everybody's, everybody's able to focus on the larger pieces and looking at the, the finite pieces of what's going to make a successful exercise you know, how many role players do we have? Do we have enough bathrooms for you know for people that are role playing or for supporting? Do we have enough space? And, and all the different things. By having to figure those out in an exercise, that helps us with our responses as well, because then that, those are things that we're more used to thinking about. So before we just say yes, we can go to an area and we can do what you're asking us to do we're able to take stock of what's in that area already and then what might we need logistically to make that make us successful and, and make us a, a better uh, rapid response. This is interesting to me too, in the sense that we've got everybody from, uh, you know, Cal Guard Military Department. We have Cal OES. We have uh, various fire uh, departments. We have aerial assets coming in, so helicopter operations where uh, they're literally going to be pulling uh, player victims off of the roof of Sleep Train Arena, which is crazy. You went up there the other day, didn't you? I did. And it, it's, <laughs> it is a, a little unnerving when you're walking around on a roof 
that's as high as that is. It is, and, and it's always the wind, windy. <laughs> yes, the wind. That's what blew me away. Oh, right. No pun intended. But, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, so a couple of folks from our office are going to be the quote-unquote victims who will be hoisted off of the roof. I don't envy them. I'm a... Uh, you know, I don't have a problem with heights necessarily, but it's a whole different ball game when you're being pulled off the, the roof of a building like this by helicopter. But my point being is that for me, who's someone new to this whole, uh, this large of an exercise and being part of it and seeing all the, the details that go into it. And you were talking about how important those little details are, because that can make or break it, you know, one aspect of, of an exercise, something that just happens to have fallen through the cracks. So in, in the past, uh, your experience has shown that the details are critical at times. They are, and the reason why, I think the, the, there's a lot of reasons why. The main reason why, from just my personal opinion from my own experiences, is that the, none of these exercises are entered into or agreed upon without, without set objectives. So each, each element that's participating has set objectives, and then there are the combined objectives that we have which for this one uh, for example one of our primary goals is full integration so instead of operating as task force four as task force four the guard is the guard etc we're going to have members of task force four with members of the national guard search and extraction team with members of task force three and seven so full full integration uh, which we have not been able to really achieve at this level the really important thing with understanding all those objectives and all the, com the combinations of objectives, if there's something that would normally seem ridiculous, like the bathrooms are locked or you know, the helicopter's not at the right part of the roof where we've set the role player and that communication piece didn't happen, then the tendency is that that will actually overtake the exercise objectives. And then instead of exercising and working to the objectives that we set, uh, we're actually working to overcome things that should have, as much as possible, and nobody's perfect, obviously, you can't do 100%, but you know, getting, trying to get to a 95 to 98% solution is really important. Another thing, uh, you, you mentioned the air off of the, uh, the roof of the arena. Another piece of this that's a brand new, so Kaiser Vacaville has agreed to join this, and they're going to actually be exercising some of their their hazmat emergency room procedures, as I understand oh, it. Yeah. I haven't spoken with anybody there directly, uh, but th this will be a first for an exercise where we're actually able to take um, somebody in a, a guard helicopter for an exercise and take them to a, a trauma treatment facility to push that part of it. So incorporating in the civilian world, with this exercise, they've agreed to do it because obviously they see a need to be able to interact well in a situation like this. So for those folks who don't understand what we're talking about here, the exercise, the sentinel response, has to do with uh, a, a simulated earthquake that happens. A lot of refugees are displaced. They end up here at the arena. And then there is another element that creeps its way in, which is very possible. Uh, this isn't out of the realm of, uh, of reality, where some terrorists, they decide to take advantage of the situation where there's a large congregation of people and they blow a, a dirty bomb here uh, at the arena. So now you're incorporating in the radiological element and then, of course, the casualties that come along with that. So 
in your experience, what have you had to deal with, if ever, uh, on something that combines um, the nuclear element with with something else that's already happened? Well, there are exifals or external evaluations that take place uh, throughout the country. There are ten homeland re- response forces around the country that are aligned with the FEMA regions that the country has. Uh, so there are ten of those, and then there are other other uh, teams that are designed to help in a in an environment where or because of a situation where decontamination is required. So our probably every three-year cycle is has a, a nuclear nexus to it, but it's more notional. So the, one of the great things about what we're doing with this exercise this month is we're actually going to have um, the ability for the for the first responders, regardless of what agency they're from, to actually look at their equipment and learn to trust their their readings that they're getting and understand the data for what the what the exposure rates are and the times that you can be uh, for the exposure rate that's there for the the level of radiation that's potentially there and how are they accomplishing this the uh, i'm not the right guy to ask okay, about yeah, this yeah. for all the specifics but yeah there's basically there's going to be uh, cones that have data on them so as the as the rescuers go through and and we've had the the beauty of going through here with the lights on most of the time when we've been in our planning phases but keeping in mind that because there was an explosion within the within the building there will be a lot of degradation to the building including the electrical so there will be no lights on during the exercise and so going through and, and using the equipment that everybody responds with their their protective suits and their masks they'll get to a cone and basically there will be data on that cone of what their reading would look like on their instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be able to look at their um, their chart and basically, you know, okay, I can be in this area right. for approximately this long with this effect or mm-hmm. bef- before this effect really will, uh, will take place. And so there will be some decision-making that we don't normally, we don't normally get to that level. So there'll be decision-making about is there a better path because was was part of the uh, the alpha radiation that was part of this this dirty bomb was there something that blocked it and is it easier maybe longer but is it is there a safer path so those will be the types of decisions that the first responders will be faced with as they're looking for victims um, you know in addition to any screams from anybody that's trapped, scared, sheltered in place. Because um, we will have actual, so, you know, players. We will have these people who are playing victims anywhere between, what do they say, 80 and 100 people? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we'll have them throughout throughout the building, and the players will, will get to, uh, that will have to find them. Some may have, uh, you know, some rescuing that needs to happen. Uh, so... I guess theoretically is the situation is where the, the those who are left in the building are the ones who were non-ambulatory. They couldn't leave on their own. Either that or they they shelter in place and they're they're waiting instead of venturing off on their own, they're waiting for somebody to come in and, you know, as affect those rescues. I see. Okay. So one of the great things about here too that we don't normally have is there's a lot of nooks and crannies oh, yeah. where we can have people hiding, sheltering in place, or be injured. Um, and like you said, the lights are going to be out because the power is gone. Right. You know, a, a device of this magnitude goes off, 
kills the power. Now these rescuers have to do their thing. First responders have to do their thing in the dark. Right. So this is this is real. I mean, this is about as real as it's going to get. They're going to have smoke. There's going to be debris. The actual truck we saw it the other day, they blew up the truck before bringing it here. Because you don't want to do that here, right? Yeah, I think that would make them mad. <laughs> that would make them mad. Yeah. Sorry, you're not allowed to come back here. We don't want that to happen. So they blew up the truck. The truck is brought to the arena. And then the, the parts are scattered all over the place. And so this is about as real as it can get for a situation like this. Thankfully, the King's organization donated this building for us to use. Yeah, that's fantastic. And everybody that's here full time has been very helpful and, and made everything accessible, answered all of our questions, gone, gone above and beyond, honestly, in my opinion, to make sure that we can put the best exercise together that we can for sure i know you're in a hurry so i'm gonna just ask you a couple more questions one of them is um in your experience explain to people out there why why beyond what you've already said why an exercise of this magnitude with such real elements is so important uh because obviously taxpayers are helping foot the bill for this in some way shape or fashion all right when i got sent to hurricane katrina relief in 2005 about a week after the hurricane had really done its damage and, and moved away or dissipated. Um, it wasn't that long after I'd come back from Iraq. So the reality of almost like a, a surreal feeling of overseas, but it was my own countrymen and our citizens and, and people visiting here you know, with, with the, the best of intention for a vacation or visiting family. The first time that we see destruction, it's, it's gonna take a toll. So the more realistic we can make an exercise and take that toll out a little bit at a time before it really counts and we're worried about how many lives we can save and how many families we can help not be torn apart. Um, yes, the exercises are large. Yes, they can be expensive, keeping in mind that expense is relative. Um, but there's no substitute for genuinely being prepared. Conditioning. Right. Yeah. And right. This, this includes how we respond, um, not just when or where, but how are we going to respond? What, what triggers are going to already be in our head? What, what are we going to have developed a habit for that makes us respond better than if we just sat back and hoped for the best? And finally here, because we have to get back to the, the planning. If there was one thing that you would convey to someone younger than you coming up under your command, uh, under your supervisory role, what have you learned in the past that may help them moving forward if they're faced with having to do either an exercise of this magnitude or planning one? Uh, timelines for planning, it's timelines and it's understanding what needs to take place at what point uh, and then always giving yourself room for that to not work the first time or two. Um, actually, this was not our first choice of venues. And the other venues that we had sought, one by one, they, we, we kept getting reasons why we couldn't use them. And so through Chief Scott Williams from Sacramento Fire, through his relationships and the exercises that he's done and the people that he's worked with in the past, we actually were able to get this site, which has been amazing and, and will be a great exercise. Um, so be flexible too, and, and I mean, I guess. Plan never survives first contact. <laughs> oh, I like that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so apropos <laughs> with this one, isn't it? 
Yeah, so you try to get a, a, a one location that doesn't work out. You've got another location in mind or whatever that doesn't work out for whatever reason. And then lo and behold, someone has some ideas and some thoughts and some connections that helped make this a reality. Right, and it's the same whether whether someone's in the military or whether they're in they're in college and whatever career field somebody's going to choose or they're going to um, go into the trades after high school. Flexibility and the the ability to persevere. Are, I mean, those are going to benefit anybody. I'll tell you, for me, it's about relying on those, the experience and the wisdom of those who have been there, done that before you. And, and that's true. I didn't. Right? I wasn't. I wasn't born with all the understanding that I have now. That was mentored into me by great people before me and and realistic people before me that didn't let me quit. That mm. didn't let me accept less than my absolute best. So I'm going to have to let you go. We're both going to have to go back. So my special thanks to to you, uh, Sergeant Major Jerry Davis of the California Military Department. <laughs> Sergeant Major Jerry Davis, I appreciate it. Thank you, Sean. Thank it's you very much. Thanks for letting me uh, Absolutely. talk about this a little bit and yeah. uh, help, hopefully help, help people get some understanding. I think this will do just that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. So we have a lot of photos of the exercise with this podcast at oesnews.com. And from there, you can also get to our Flickr page for even more photos. And some of them are pretty cool. It gives you a real sense as to what it was like to be there. And there's also video and an Inside Look News show, which should be posted by March 30th on our Facebook page. Hey, I want to thank everyone. Big thanks to everyone who participated in Sentinel Response 18. It was a big success with teamwork on full display for sure. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in and for downloading and streaming. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. So be sure to tell your friends and coworkers about All Hazards. And if you have any questions or comments or even some suggestions, some topic ideas, send them my way. I'm very open to that. I want to hear what you have to say. Just send it to, send an email to uh, questions at caloes.ca.gov. One more time, questions at caloes.ca.gov. I'm Sean Boyd, and for everyone here at Cal OES, take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.